Right, what's up, everyone? You are tuned into the very first episode of Soul of the Game. I'm your host, Cameron Winston, with my co-host, Chris Reed. Introduce yourself, bro. Hi, my name is Chris Reed. As he said, I'm his co-host. You know, I have some experience in sports, art, you know, culture, shoes, whatever it is. We're just here to talk and have a good discussion. Yeah, so let's dwell into this, you know, talking sports. You got free agency coming up July 1st. So first thing first, right off the bat, Let's talk about our team, the Lakers. Let's talk about that the noise that's going on with uh, LeBron, PG, Kawhi. What, what do you think is about to happen, bro? Honestly, like I said, I think LeBron's going to stay at the Cavs. I think PG's going to end up staying. And I say most likely we're probably going to get Kawhi because as the report's been saying, their re- relationship has been severed between the two as mm-hmm. far as the Spurs and Kawhi. So, I mean... I think he would probably come over to the Lakers, if anything, but I don't see LeBron and PG actually coming. Now, I mean, they're talking about this Godfather offer. I don't know if you've heard what the Godfather offer is. It's yeah. Brandon Ingram, Julius Randle, Kyle Kuzma, Josh Hart, like I think two first-round picks. Mm-hmm. Would you trade the farm for Kawhi Leonard, who's out of here, and you do not know if that hip is okay? Well, yeah, exactly, for, the, for what you just said. I mean... He set out a year, his hip was bothering him. Nobody knows how his ankle is holding up because he hasn't been playing that well. And then just two, um, a lot of our young guys, you know, they're starting to play a lot better. So, mm. I mean, I wouldn't want to trade them, at least not all of them like that, yeah. to trade away the whole young core group just for Kawhi. Now, I mean, even if we get that type of superstar, you still got to surround him with the players, you know, to be good again. So who are we going to? have around him for you know the next season so I probably wouldn't if it was me I wouldn't trade all those uh, other young players for real, like personally you know you know how I want you know my expectation or not my expectation but what I want us to do is keep the young core and try to go get PG if anything like screw Kawhi you can get him next year I mean if he's really dedicated come to the Lakers and he'll be available next year unless yeah. you have another PG situation where He's backtracking now if he wants to even come and everything. But I think, but actually, I actually I've been hearing though that Philly might be a, a potential suitor for uh, Kawhi too, because they might be ready to unload Fultz in the package. Well, yeah, that, I mean that might be interesting. I mean, if you think it of it in that way, say you have Kawhi that goes to Philly, they have to give up something. I mean, they give up whoever it is that might make another, you know. Uh, package or at least open another uh, alleyway where you know a trade with the Lakers might happen mm-hmm. to get something else. So I think it all just depends on what happens, and that's that's what's so hard because it's so early in the free agency talks that you just don't know what exactly is set, you know, mm-hmm. to take place. Yeah, this free agency is pretty much nerve wracking for me because you know I'm trying to like, even though I'm not working for any ESPN or Fox Sports or anything, and I don't have any sources, I'm all trying to like find out. Who's going where? Especially with the Lakers, this thing's driving me crazy. Because you know, I really like personally. I really don't want LeBron in LA. Right off the bat, I'm one of the people that do not want him. And it's not even because of Kobe. It's just because I know for a fact he'll stunt the young players' growth if he's the only person that comes. And plus, the loose of the Warriors. I mean, yeah. what do you feel about that, bro? I agree. I mean, I almost say it's like the the same with the um, Celtics situation. The reason Terry Rozier and Jason Tatum and the rest of that young core 
was able to develop the way uh, they um, did throughout the season was because Kyrie wasn't there. Obviously, they're a better team with Kyrie, which would be the case with the Lakers. We'd probably be a better team right off the bat with LeBron, but it would stunt the growth of the young core, and especially because we have so many young uh, players that are starting to take shape and you know they're starting to develop their games and find their chemistry in their own way of playing mm -hmm. when you throw a seasoned veteran who has championships into that situation then their core and the way they were developing is going to start to change because now they have new leadership mm -hmm. and a new chemistry that they have to adapt to so i probably wouldn't want lebron neither if you know we're talking in terms of the young core and where they're going i mean like bro laker fans are so impatient though too i mean this team won 35 games last season, bearing injuries. Like if you, if the Lakers didn't suffer any injuries, they probably would have went on to win 40. You know, like how how they were playing that's after the All Star break too. Like so, I don't know why everyone's so reluctant to already give up. Like I know, like like I said, everybody's impatient and you want to win now. But I mean, like, is this really the time to win now? Yeah. That, just like thinking of, thinking about like a LeBron James, Kawhi Leonard, and Paul George big three, it really wouldn't. Even work yeah. like because wow. you need a dynamic guard to you know just be a force of that big three and just f find that flow I mean yeah we all know LeBron can play point guard but he's not he's not a point guard well I mean I think that's the hard part of um, building a team that's I think one of the greatest things about the Warriors team now a lot of those players, aside from KD, they drafted. Mm -hmm. They've handpicked themselves and built them up into the championship team. You can argue might be a dynasty now. And that's the difference. Not everybody wants to wait from fans to GMs. It's a hard period to adjusting and be patient through, you know, losing, mm -hmm. injuries, not making it in the playoffs, different things like that. A lot of teams or fans. GMs, they can't take that. And that's the difference from having a Warriors-type team where they gel really well together and they already have that chemistry. So no egos getting in, in the way into trying to create um, your own dynasty from different players, from different teams. Because now you have different egos, different style of plays, different chemistry, comfortabilities that you have to get used to. So, I mean, it, it's a lot easier said than done. But, I mean, yeah, patience is key, obviously. Mm -hmm. So who do you think, if plan, of course that's plan A for the Lakers, if plan A does not work, who do you want them to target? Or who do you think would be good targets to go after? Um, you're saying Paul, George, Kawhi, and LeBron, if those don't work? Yeah, that's, yeah, that's plan A. Um, to be honest, I would want them, I mean, I really don't have any like specific names, but I can say, I always say just like maybe one star, just a, uh, a good, really, a really good like centerpiece, you know? It doesn't have to be a big, big star, but somebody who can play both sides of the floor well, because mm -hmm. that's what they need. We have either people who can score or people who can play defense, but we don't have somebody that can score and play defense that can lead the team from a veteran standpoint. So, I mean, if those fell through, I would any range of people, even if, you know, we could look maybe to even trade for somebody. They might not even be free agents, but just, you know, the attempts to, to show at least the fans where they're going with this, you know, mm -hmm. and the direction. Because, I mean, sure, the, the picks have been good, but it's still been a lot of up and down because things have been chaotic. So maybe, you know, a couple uh, attempts to get uh, certain people will at least give the fans, you know, some idea of where we're, we're headed in the future and where they plan to take the organization. What about DeMarcus Cousins? You think they should go out to DeMarcus? 
I know Mims thinks they should go after Demarcus, but um, I'm talking about my plan B is literally go after. I mean, my plan A is just go after Julius. I mean, go after PG and then bring back Julius. Yeah. Um. I mean. I mean, if you can even think of it this way, because a lot of people say he's he's not a great team player, but and he won't be ready till February. Won't be ready till February. Exactly. But think of it this way. All right. You say you get Demarcus at a discount because he has been hurt. You bring that up. Maybe sign him to a one year. You bring Julius back, right? After that year, you can use him as trade value now to get a star. So now you don't have to give up so many core players. Because, you know, they had the Godfather trade. The thing that uh, was um, making that... uh, Making that package so good was because we had so many young players, but we didn't have a big star mm-hmm. to trade. So we had to give up all those young players. But now if you get a DeMarcus, right, you can put him as um, the main piece for the trade and maybe add in one or two other younger core. Now we're not giving up the whole core and having to start over from the beginning. So I think that's really the good part of maybe signing DeMarcus. So I know... I know you're a big D Rose fan, so you'll probably say D Rose, but the Lakers need a Lakers definitely need a backup point guard. Mm-hmm. You got Rondo out of free agency, Derrick Rose, Lance is out there. Um, I don't know if he's gonna play point guard, but I would I'll bring Lance. I like Lance. You say Lance? I mean I have no problem I mean, with Lance. Out of those three is like I'm probably gonna go for Rondo because Yeah, Rondo I was gonna say that. I think Rondo wants to start and he's just better suited. I think he find found his niche in uh New Orleans, mm-hmm. but I saw, I'll say Lance right now, just to bring that heart to the team. Yeah, I was going to say that. I was going to say Lance is more, um, the way he plays, the energy, and um, like his style is more suited for the Lakers' young core, mm-hmm. but I think Rondo will be also a good way to help develop Lonzo, because Lonzo is a pass first, pass first point guard likes to assist as well so then being under rondo or even not even being under rondo starting over rondo but having to go against him in practice and learning from him he would learn um the different ways to be successful as a pass first point guard because that's how rondo was rondo was a pass first point guard and he couldn't shoot really just like lonzo can't shoot but yet he still found ways to be very successful and efficient when playing Mm -hmm. so i mean from that perspective he could help lonzo but also he could help all the young core because i mean he just has that type of um veteran leadership and experience in the league but that so so to me he's probably the top option is rondo i would go um lance um i don't know i, I might go actually d rose second and then just the reason i say that is for scoring guard mm. Because you've seen what he did um, on the Timberwolves when they finally gave him his uh, time to play because people were hurt. He was the only one that averaged a plus-minus on their team. And for that playoff series, he averaged, I think, 17 a game. So, I mean, so so if you give him the, um, the opportunity, he'll take advantage of it. And he can score and play defense a little. But obviously, injury prone, you know, that's that's the... um, concern Mm -hmm. so you know it's a big concern if he can stay healthy you know he can play both sides of the floor and he has a lot of experience too that you know he could help the younger guards Mm -hmm. so i and we forget about it as well oh yeah i don't think i don't think it would come back to the lakers just because i feel like he wants to be he wants to be a starter he doesn't want anybody back up well i mean you think about that too um you maybe you could sit down in the front office 
Now, say you get Demarcus right, and you it is ready to leave. You can tell him stay for this next year, and we'll look into trade at these packages right here. You can talk to teams about maybe a trade happening in the future, not this year, but the next year, and say I can give you Demarcus and it. Those are two superstars, and they already have chemistry because they played together in Sacramento. Wait, but are you telling? Are you saying that having a meeting time, Isaiah Thomas, like oh? If just play play out this season yeah we ain't gonna trade you but i mean i'm pretty sure the dude's getting tired again traded and bounced around he's like he's low-key a starter a starter but a journeyman at the same time like yeah oh well yeah i agree with you but now the reason i say i i mean you bring this to him because i think it would benefit him more you can try and test free agency go to a team where you're not sure if you're going to start how well you gel the chemistry and you're not even sure if they're really going to pick you up. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, you had a great run in Boston, but then after Boston, it hasn't been that well. So you don't know, you know, your values drop. So you can say, how about this? You stay with us for a year, right? We give you playing time. You get your value back up. You get your um, your media look and all that, all that stuff back up because you had a bad connotation from um, playing in Cleveland. You get that back up. And then we package you with DeMarcus Cousins mm. and look to send you somewhere. You can, you know, we since we're sitting here, you can give us some teams maybe that you would like to go to and we can propose some trade offers. True, true. But nah, that's stupid. Nah, you're not gonna do it. Nah, like, <laughs> but uh <laughs> no no but I wasn't really like paying attention to anything you were saying right now. I kinda like spaced. <laughs> 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 Bro, but hold on, hold on. Uh, bro, okay, look, hold on, I got a real, real question. I'm gonna actually pay attention to this time, bro. Who do you think is like a big player in free agency this year? Like, what's a team like? Every a lot of people have limited cap, but like, who who do you think could be a team on the rise or a team that can like make the playoffs with a, just like one or two mm -hmm. signings, um, or even not even make the playoffs, just make a big leap. I think you have the Lakers, obviously, depending on um, who they sign for free agency. Um, I think uh, the Jazz as well, they've got over that first year. Yeah, I mean, if they play to sign somebody or maybe they trade a little bit of those, you know, some pieces that they don't need to just get another solid player. Because that was their problem. Once Donovan Mitchell stopped producing, almost the whole team stopped producing because he was their main scoring output, whether that was getting the offense going, assisting or scoring. And so they just needed another solid role player. So, I mean, maybe the Jazz, um, Rockets, I mean, everybody expected Rockets. Uh, you could say the same for the Celtics, but I mean, the Celtics, it's it's up and down. Because, mm -hmm. I mean, you still have to balance that now that Kyrie and Gordon's coming back. So it depends for them. Um, they could take it to the next level and end up making it to the finals or winning the finals, or they can regress a lot mm -hmm. too, depending on what happens. Uh, let me think, who else other teams that we have? You have Philly as well. I think that would, you know, they would make some more noise. Oh, and Jazz are getting Ricky Rubio back too from injury. I almost forgot about that. But Philly, they could make some, um, they could make some more noise as well. Um, it just depends. They have the same health concerns that they've always had. And, 
that's their problem too. But I mean, if they stay healthy, plus the experience they just gained, and then they have a whole year working on their skills, so when they actually do that, they will be more dangerous when the year comes up, especially if they sign somebody. You know, if they get rid of some of those bench pieces, because they, they do have some good bench pieces that come in, but say you get rid of those one or two bench pieces and get a really, really solid role player, you know, that can do it all, give you some good consistent minutes or even step up and take some minutes to relieve some stress off of other star players, then, you know, that would help them a lot too. Because I think that was a problem is they relied on Embiid and um, Ben Simmons so much mm -hmm. because they were so young as far as playoff experience and that type of pressure and intensity. When um, that had arisen, they kind of shied back a little bit. And then the team was lost. They like kind of lost their identity in the moments that they needed to have it, you know, solid. So those are the only people that come to mind right now. All right, so we're going to jump to like, like a mix of basketball and music. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about the six. The famous six. Okay. I think no one's talking about Toronto because I mean I feel like a lot of noise has been made that that team's gonna blow up. Like I can see some pieces gonna move around there. Yeah. Too. I either the Rosen could get traded. I mean even though the draft fans but still at the same time the Rosen could get traded, Kyle Lowry could get traded. Like I don't yeah. know which one. Well, I agree. Um, I mean look at look at their team success. They've had really great regular season success, but their postseason success has been horrible. Mm -hmm. And they've been there for years. For years. So, I mean, at some point, having regular season success only satisfies you enough. You know, they've had their time there, enough time, sufficient time to make enough noise in the playoffs, you know. And almost every year, their performances have disappointed. It's not like they balled out, but just you know, couldn't get it done because say LeBron James or something, you know, was on the other side, but instead they underplayed mm -hmm. and then lost because the other team had LeBron James. So it looks worse that way. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, I could see them being moved. You know, those are big stars, both all-stars. You have Kawhi, I mean, not Kawhi, sorry, Lowry and um, DeRozan, they're both all-stars. So you could see them being moved somewhere or they have a lot of good pieces, you know, mm -hmm. people who come off the bench. So you might see a package deal or you might just see them moving pieces to fit around Lowry and DeRozan to see if they can, you know, work with some other pieces to take their games to the next level, especially with the new coach coming in and his style. It just all depends. So right now, yeah, it's a, it's a shamble for them on what on going forward. So a lot of things can happen for their uh, organization. So, as many people don't know, but if you do watch this and know Chris Reed, you know I'm sitting with like the, the biggest Drake hater. I don't like Drake that much. Well, I just don't like Drake's stands. That's all. I'm just like the biggest one of the biggest trolls of Drake, I would say. <laughs> but uh, you yeah. listen to Scorpion or what? Yeah, I did listen to Scorpion. And I'm not a Drake hater. You are a Drake I'm not a Drake hater. <laughs> I just, <laughs> like you said, I hate his stands. I'm right. so dying, bro. Marley really blocked me on Twitter <laughs> for <laughs> for trolling Drake and you the one that did the most trolling I just retweeted your stuff well yeah see my trolling it's more like I just like the challenge how his their stands how his stands think see there's a difference between fans and stands even though technically fan is short for fanatic which means you love something past the point of sanity but okay. stand takes it to a whole nother level like and that's what a lot of people are, their stands. And I don't like his stands. Drake, as a person and an artist, I do, I like him. 
But he the go. I don't like his stance. Um, no, yeah, I'm not, I'm not gonna say that. But I did listen to Scorpion. Um, some, well, actually, I haven't listened to all of them, most of the songs. It's just okay to me. Yeah, it's really um, like B side is cool, but it's like it's just okay. It's really just okay to me. Yeah, like, I think that's all the Drake's out like. The last few Drake albums, they all all of them sound the same. Like people are really overhyped. Like oh, people are always overhyped Drake, all the Drake's albums. But like this literally sounds like if I go back to like views or something, like mm-hmm. I can literally find a sound song that sounds just like the same song. Like he talks about the same stuff. Well, yeah, I think he. Well, that see, that's the thing. I think he found the found the recipe for him basically mm-hmm. to uh, maintain this success that he's had. You know, obviously in his early years, he showed that he can rap with lyricism mm-hmm. but I mean the more catchy songs that he made with good beats the bigger he got so I mean he's going to what works and I mean it's not like his music is trash I mean it's just not the same as when it was when he first came into the game but also then he doesn't have to prove himself as much mm-hmm. when you think of, think of it as that perspective he's not a new artist you know trying to make a name for himself he's you can argue number one probably number one as far as popularity and rapping and you know r&b so he doesn't have to make a name for himself so now it's just more of you know maintaining that same fan base while also still putting out you know a decent amount of music or good music you know so that's what i think it is because you know some songs say like summer 16 he comes out you know spitting you know showing some lyricism aggressiveness and then the most of his other tracks they're more like i would say catchy songs you know radio hits yeah all like i think all of them are catchy songs though like, like that's just what he goes i mean that's just what he goes for really yeah but i think that's why a lot of his fans or stands people love him so much you know he makes songs that people relate to and he does it in a way that's simple that under everybody can understand mm-hmm. now, i'm not saying Everything he does is like simple and basic, but I'm saying as far as like little lyricism goes, it's not really like so so complex that you have to sit there and decipher it, like you know certain other people. But you know his rhyme scheme is is good enough that it's above basic or above average. Mm-hmm. And then he throws in you know a lot of topics or say punchlines that a lot of people relate to that's trendy on how people feeling and then you match that behind the beats that 40s produces and i mean and you got drake and credits him those beats the beats were hard but yeah. people were really trying to say uh ovo 40 over yay that's that's retarded bro yeah, yeah i don't yeah he's gonna like if grammy season arrives yay should yeah. be producer of the year because I, like what? It's five? It's five albums. Here? Yeah, five I'm albums, just, and I'm all like, those beats have been like, fired. Bro, no, like nobody touching Kanye on freaking yeah. producing level. What, what's wrong with y'all? No, yeah, like, I was please, gonna say as like, far please as stop like, doing, please say, stop saying stupid crap. He's like, all really ignorant, man. Yeah, like as far as rapping goes, I mean that's different. But the beats itself, that's what a lot of people don't understand too. A lot of people judge producing off how much they like the song from the person. But I feel like I was like, you gotta producing's just the beat. You know, but I feel like people beat. are saying also saying that because people are mad at Kanye for his for his little comments. We all know. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, like. But how did you feel about those comments? I mean, we all talk. I mean, we all talked about it. like at first when I heard it, I was pretty pissed. Like, I won't lie, I'm not. You know, I was pissed. But uh, as we talked about it, and we kind of like started breaking it down and analyzing, like Kanye's just one of those people that he doesn't think before he says. It's like he doesn't think before he says says something. So. 
Um, I got what like the concept he meant, mm-hmm. but he just said it in a completely terrible way. way. Like, yeah. <laughs> like nah, bro. Like, but see, say, but I understand it's like like today as of today, like he sees it like as today we're still slaves to uh, like we're still slaves to the to the world basically, and we're not and we're not really breaking free of that, and we're still like letting yeah. stuff stuff we're still letting like stuff from the past like hold us back. Yeah, because like, that I mean that's history. Like it was always gonna hurt us and trigger us. Like it's, we need to bring bring up slavery, but now we just gotta like break out of that because we're not we're like we're trapped in a different in a different way in a systematic way. Yeah, but we have we have more power, and I think we can all come together and break out of that and like change create a change and like a new like unleash a new beginning basically. Mm-hmm. But what about you, bro? I mean, basically the same thing. That's that's really how I viewed it. I know everybody else was was more upset than I was, um, but that was because I, I you know I just I sat and actually listened to what he was trying to say. But then you remember I said that goes back to him, you know, his management. I said I know Ye would be probably be a really hard person to manage, but that's really why I feel like that's why I thought like you know the Kardashians wasn't really that good for Ye. And the Kardashian ain't good for nobody. Look, and look, the, they messing up. I know. I'm Scott just now. saying for. I'm saying for Ye in general. It's for that purpose because you let him run wild. Mm-hmm. You feel me? As supposed to be his partner, somebody that cares about him. That's when you're supposed to be there to keep him in check, whether you're his manager or not. But you let him run wild so much that sometimes, knowing him, when he rants, he says stuff that. He doesn't necessarily mean in that context, but because he can't convey it correctly at the time, mm-hmm. it gets misconstrued. And that's happened a lot with him. And that's, that's what I'm saying. Um, a lot of times when he was talking, uh, people were, a lot of people were mad, but I was like, I mean, look at the point he's actually trying to make. He's not saying slavery wasn't real. Obviously, it was real. He made albums about it. What he's saying now is that we have ourselves, we basically are enslaving ourselves, you know, Obviously, we have systematic slavery that we still deal with, which is very, very real. Mm-hmm. You know, the leftover um, repercussions of being in slavery. But a lot of us keep ourselves at the bottom because we have the same mentality that, you know, because we are in systematic slavery, we won't be able to make a difference, that we won't be able to make it out, that we won't be able to accomplish our dreams. And because you keep that same you know, mentality, we're eventually just going to end up staying slaves, just like the slaves. Mm-hmm. Harriet Tubman said, if uh, I freed a thousand slaves. I could have freed a thousand more if only they knew they were slaves. You feel me? And that's how people are. They, you know, they're not actually realizing the power that they hold, mm-hmm. especially as a community and as a one. When you, I mean, when you make a fist and you put everybody together, you can be very, very powerful in that force. But everybody wants to be so divided. Well, you know, you treat us treated us that way, so we're no longer accepting you. You know, that's why. Um, I get upset when you know people uh, attack other people. Say you can't say you're woke because, but you date a white girl, or you date a Mexican girl, or you date a Chinese girl. What do you want? Do you either want us to stay separated, or do you want us to be together mm-hmm. as a whole? Because you can't say don't date a white girl, or don't date a Mexican girl, or don't date a Chinese girl, but then expect them to treat you as one too. Is that not having your own segregation? You see what I'm saying? We contradict ourselves and keep ourselves mentally still in the slave times without even realizing it. And that's what he's saying, but a lot of people don't see it. 
it's just very hard for him to convey it because you know how he gets he gets emotional he rambles a lot of people you know before they actually finish listening to him they like to butt in so they can get their point across so yeah i mean that's just really how i felt about it it's weird because two people say oh scorpion's barely then yay like the yay album i mean it probably i mean it probably is but i don't know like i can never like diminish an album that serves meaning because that album like you know that served the purpose of mental health like mm-hmm. you can tell like like he literally said like confronting his mental his mental health battles and everything so i'm just like y'all really be trying to yeah. like there's some people i know that talked about it that, mm-hmm. that like talked bad about it but did not listen to it at all or just like read the names or something and read the, like read the name of a song and you know tweeted ignorantly like usual so yeah just, like, well i think I think that was, um, well, just to wrap up, I think that was, that's Drake's biggest um, asset and downfall at the same time. The reason a lot of old school people and other lyrical rappers don't relate to Drake is because even though he says nigga and considers himself black, he never addresses black issues. Mm. He never addresses other issues such as mental health or, you know, police brutality and different stuff like that. But also, I think that's why he's so popular because nobody feels uncomfortable when they listen to him because he talks about other um things such as relationship problems and you know people hating on you like that things everybody can relate to not just gender uh i mean not gender uh race specific or you know that people are dealing with so i think that's the difference but i mean yeah i mean that's really it mm-hmm. yeah well this is just the first episode of saw the game you know this is a weekly show i'm your host cam winston uh, you can follow me on Twitter at CMW underscore 15. Uh, I'm about to make a sports page for this. Well, there's a page for this. Uh, my boy Reed. What's your app, bro? My um, app on Twitter, Chris Reed underscore King D or Instagram, Chris Reed underscore King Dreams. You can follow, comment, DM, uh, start a conversation, insert topics, whatever you want. Yeah. We got you. For sure. Comment. You can agree. You can disagree. Everything. All right. Deuces.